Welcome back to the Psyche Awakening. I'm your host, Jessica Clowers, and today I am pulling back the veil to reveal some of the information that we have gathered from the other side during many of our paranormal investigations. The majority of these investigations took place at the old Watton Tarbell Morgue in Tombstone, Arizona, and there were many different devices that we used to detect the presence of spirit. Some of these tools include the K2 meter, which is used to detect spikes in electromagnetic energy, and it uses multicolored lights to signify activity from spirits on the other side. The Boo Buddy is an EMF teddy bear that detects changes in the electromagnetic field, temperature, movement, and vibrations. The Periscope visually follows static electricity fields vertically and uses a series of colored lights to show you which direction the energy is traveling. The laser grid uses a high-powered laser that emits a grid of green or red dots for detecting shadows or general visual disturbances during an investigation. The closest we have been able to get to having a conversation with spirit, like you and I would have on the phone here on Earth, is by using the SCD-1 and SCD-2 spirit boxes, which allows you to hear spirit voices from the other side. EVP recorders, audio recorders, video cameras, cameras, and maglite flashlights were also used as tools during these investigations. There were times where I felt like I should have my own TV show because as time went on, I felt like I was a ghost mythbuster, beginning with the SCD-1 and SCD-2 spirit boxes. So these devices scan radio frequencies, which allows spirit to communicate verbal messages through a speaker. I have found that the SCD-1 is more difficult to understand in present time. These messages often come through so fast it is almost impossible to comprehend with the naked ear. The SCD-2 is easier to understand in present time, but it can also be difficult to comprehend due to the fast pace. I always tend to look at things with the perspective of a skeptic when it comes to paranormal mysteries. And my biggest question was, how do I know this device is real? How can I be sure that we aren't just hearing some random voices on the radio out there somewhere, since it does scan radio frequencies? Well, the difference is in the tone and the vibration of the voice that is coming through the box. There are times where radio conversations are picked up, but the voice is noticeably different, as if you are listening to the radio. Spirit voices have more of an echo sound and are slightly distorted from human voice. Um, sometimes they're more than just slightly distorted from human voice. Also, radio conversations do not specifically address you by name. These sessions are recorded and they go through a process where the audio is slowed way down to identify the vocabulary that spirit is using. It is very common to think that you might hear one thing while using the device in real time and then later find out it was something completely different. This is an interesting device that has taught me quite a bit about the other side. When we do these investigations, we get excited when we are able to interpret messages from beyond the veil. And it turns out the spirits also get excited about communicating with us when we understand what they are saying. And they can also be 
quite the accommodating host when you enter their space. So let's talk about some of the questions that we have asked during these investigations. And I'm going to begin with a common question that I referenced a while back. Is there a heaven and hell? And their answer was yes, but it is not exactly how we think it is. They do not like to elaborate on things that are outside of our human comprehension. So that's about as far as that conversation went. But my next question was, if there is a heaven and hell, why are they here? And their response was free will. They chose to be there just like we chose to walk in and occupy the space as well. Some of the odd things that I learned by speaking to them is that they talk on the phone, they drive, and they can accept physical offerings or gifts from us. They receive it as a physical gift on the other side. They also offer physical gifts that occupy their space. Uh, they have requested that we have parties and bring food. They have asked that we brew coffee and they have even offered beverages out of their cooler. Another thing I learned is that spirits meet new spirits and make friends on the other side. So if you have a loved one on the other side who comes into the investigation with you, that deceased loved one is introduced to the other spirits in the room and sometimes they help each other communicate. During one particular investigation, it turned out that my mother-in-law was there. And once she answered our questions, she ended the investigation because she was invited to go explore the town with some of the other spirits that she just met and she wanted to go. She was ready. We were done. <laughs> so the next question, can spirits possess you? Well, not exactly unless you request it or unless you let them. We always establish our boundaries before we begin any investigation. So for example, if we do not wish to be touched by spirit, we tell them as soon as we begin. We can allow them to touch us and ask them to stop if we ever feel uncomfortable. I have only witnessed one questionable incident where a member of the investigation may have been possessed or it appeared that they may have been. There was a bar set up with real alcohol in some of the bottles and the alcohol was so old that some of it was cloudy and discolored. It looked really gross, but it was only a prop. Alcohol consumption is prohibited prior to or during the investigations. One of the members was standing at the bar during an investigation and described feeling incredibly cold. All of a sudden we watched him pour a shot and drink it and he described having an overwhelming feeling just to take the shot, but claimed he does not drink. So as it turns out, he was an empath who was unaware of his abilities and manipulated by a spirit in the room. In life, we have good people and we have people who we might perceive as being a bad person. It is the same in death. There are good spirits and negative spirits. At times, they share the same space just as we do here on Earth. Sometimes it's just unavoidable. There are times where you can be having a good conversation with a spirit and then suddenly the spirit does not want to talk anymore because someone else had walked into the room. Negative spirits tend to be quite vulgar in their vocabulary choices and this is usually when the investigations come to an end. We do not provoke and we do not entertain these spirits. We respect their space and we leave them alone. 
One of the most interesting investigations I have ever done was when a couple of Bigfoot hunters showed up to participate. Now, I don't know much about Bigfoot. I've seen a few of these Bigfoot hunter shows on TV, but as far as I know, no one has ever captured a Bigfoot. They claimed to have evidence of a Bigfoot near their home, and they spoke to a psychic who said that they are frequently followed by a Bigfoot. They had an interesting story, and it was definitely the highlight of our introduction, but when the investigation began, things were very quiet. There was not a peep out of the other side, which was unusual. Finally, someone from the other side had a question for us. This was also unusual. They wanted to know who the large scary creature was in the room. It was described as a massive creature with hair. I was beginning to think to myself, wow, it must take one hell of a creature to scare all the ghosts out of the room. <laughs> Should I be worried? Well, we learned that all the spirits were hiding together in the back room because this massive creature was in the front room with us. No one wanted to come out until it was gone. We gathered there must be a Bigfoot with this man, but now I was totally confused and intrigued at the same time. Spirit did not seem to know if this creature was alive or deceased. So was Bigfoot a ghost or was this a cloaked Bigfoot? Needless to say, the entire investigation was led by these two Bigfoot hunters. It was by far the most bizarre investigation I had ever participated in. Last week, I talked about the dimensions of our universe, specifically where all things that are possible and imaginable do exist. Is it possible that Bigfoot has never been caught because it is a highly intelligent species who has the ability to travel through dimensions? As far as we know, this is just a theory, but is science leading us in the direction of turning this theory into a reality for humans? Thank you so much for joining me today. Join me again next week for a special Halloween episode. Follow me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Sonoran Souls and on Twitter and Instagram at Psyche Awakening.